Steph, I feel like you have a second career as like horse commentator because you are also the person who noticed this is like classic in Ever After. The horse. The I was horse just going to bring that oh, up. Good. Oh, good. The horse butt is there. The horse butt. You have he, to. Sydney is also river. a um, oh, yeah. rabid watcher of Ever After. So oh, yeah. she oh, yeah. will know what scene you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, da Vinci uh, just used his flotation boots, mm-hmm. falls in the water mm-hmm. upon Drew Barrymore, screaming at seeing a man looming over her while she's floating mm-hmm. in a river, <laughs> as one does. He goes in. They come to shore together. And, uh, you know, Doogie's there. A beautiful doogie. Um, and there's a horse butt. Mm. And when they're conversing later and having their impassioned talk, you see the horse get pulled out of view. So his butt is there. The cameraman noticed it. Get that out of here. Get in the back like, get that out of here. No, no. get the horse butt out. This is romantic. <laughs> yeah. It's like things you don't think were actually a part of daily life back then. Yeah. Uh, you know, like having a romantic dinner or conversation with your loved one or interest you know and then a horse butt just comes out of nowhere and it's just part of your daily experience guys how much of our airtime how much of our airtime do you think is going to be devoted to horse anatomy okay all i have to say is i didn't bring this up (laughs) (laughs) i need to protect my image i think we're all happily complicit in this (laughs) oh yeah with regrets complicit with regrets (laughs) complicit with Never. That was all, though. I regret nothing else from last episode. Yeah. Good. Good. Because if anything, it was a whole lot of fun to talk about. Oh, it was so much fun. Oh, I don't regret the content. I only regret the fact that I said it with seriousness and no commentary as to, mm. like, my delivery. You didn't explain. It was just, I just, like, came in hot as the person who has these random You were ready facts. with the horse penis facts, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that is maybe the person that I... I don't know how I feel about that person. And so I, I just I just had regrets. Anyways, let's talk about Shadow and Bone and the Crows. Shadow and Bone, Shadow and, Bone yeah. and the Crones. So... Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> I kind of checked my window. This like, is what? The, the, ooh, this is the segment where we all do our crow impression. No, I can't. Oh, boy. I can't. I can't. Sam, go for it. <gasps> Sydney, that was beautiful. Cuckoo. What? How can, well, How are sonorous. we all good at crow noises? <laughs> Besides, I'm not. No, I can't. I can't do this. YAs, a podcast about young adult fiction for adults both young and older. I'm Sydney. I'm Sam. And I'm Steph. Today we're going to get into the weeds with the crows, the sort of second fiddle storyline to the Alina and Mal Dark Are they chaos. second fiddle? Sorry. It only took 10 seconds before I was like, I have an objection. Okay. <laughs> rain it in, rain it in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'd say they aren't even on the fiddle. Anyway. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, so the primary or non-existent (laughs) fiddle storyline of The Crows is our topic for today. Each episode, we talk about a few key scenes that grabbed us in order to get at the pith of these stories. And the rest, who knows? Sometimes there's a plan, and sometimes there are horse penises. (laughs) Beware that there will be spoilers. So if you have not watched the show, 
you've been warned. Back out. Yeah. Run. Or keep going. I mean, who <laughs> am I to tell you what to do? So, crows um, and fiddles. I just do not understand any of the crow plot lines. I <laughs> love the characters. I love them. But I don't see them having any place in this story. In Alina's excursion, I mean, she literally puts herself into the carriage <laughs> that they were going to take her away in. So she doesn't even need their help. <laughs> or not help. They, they never actually intersect with her in ways that are meaningful. It's just they happen to be um, in parallel storylines because they're trying to kidnap her the whole right. time. But she does it for but them. But she does it for them. So. And their mission is a glorious failure, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. what you're saying, Steph, is like, is it that like they don't seem to intersect very much with the Alina Darkling Mal plot line, but also like well maybe you're not saying this. I'll just say this. I had trouble yes. following where what the hijinks was at any given time. I was like, wait, why are we breaking into this yeah, museum right. to get why these? Why are plans? we shooting a sign? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like I loved it. For me, I think probably in contrast to you, certainly Sydney, the show is all about the crows as opposed to like Alina mm. Mal and the Darkling. Like I love, I also enjoy that plotline, but I, I, for me, it's all about the crows. But mm. like I do not know what is happening with them, at, <laughs> like ever, and it's fine. Was that David has a finger, Steph? <gasps> no. Okay. I I agree with you though. Yeah. I had so much fun. They're watching, so fun. But, I love the friendship. But- Yes, and every character is actually very rich, yes. nuanced, complex, yes. wonderful. I think they should have, I think they have their own book called The Six of Crows, um, but I think they should just have a whole series uh, with them. I would enjoy that very much. Oh, David has a finger. Dave, oh, yes, Sydney? Oop. David does have a finger. So David. I think I've mentioned, I, maybe I didn't message, <laughs> mention this on a recording, though I might have mentioned it before when we <laughs> recorded for the first episode, right? But like... <clears throat> The stories do not intersect at all in the books, right? They're like at at all, at all. Oh wow! So according to the Barnes and Noble teller, right, that I was conversing. Oh, with, that's right. With that's as I right. bought yes. the books, and I would trust that person with. My I, w- I would trust knowledge. her. We were really mm-hmm. having a moment, um, but yeah. So because I asked her, I said, "Is the you know the crow storyline?" And she said, "No, they are they are like aware of." The sun, the crow's storyline exists in a world that is aware of the sun summoner and things like that. That was sort of how she phrased it to me, but they don't actually have anything to do with each other. And so, Steph, I think that that this gets to your point and then it introduces the question that I have in response, which is like, they they really don't have anything to do with each other, right? And so they just, to my to my knowledge, based on what this person has, you know, told me, I haven't gone and read Six of Crows because I didn't know if A, we would want to read it together at some point. And then B, I was like just working on the, you know, the one series first. In but, response to A, I am definitely in. Oh, perfect. Great. Okay. Excellent. Same. Yeah. And cool. it's a duology. So, you know, it'll oh be my gosh, sort of even shorter better. and sweeter. Exactly. Even better. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so right, they, it, the intersection, the the full intersection of the two, is is clumsy, right? When you know she just kidnaps herself in the in the carriage, which is hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. It was wonderfully hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I also have to say, like, I love all the characters. I think Jesper is incredible. The show without oh, him, yeah. the show without him would be missing something. Now they could could they have made up for it in other ways? I think so. But the question that I have then is, okay, if you have this crow's duology, you have this, you know, shadow and bone series. 
what was the impetus for combining the two? Did they think that the Shadow and Bone series was missing something without the Crow series? Did they want to, you know, the more cynical side of me is like, well, did they want to make this into a bigger franchise and they thought that they had a better chance of doing that if they had all the storylines intersect? Was it more, you know, that Lee Bardugo was, you know, sort of, maybe did she propose the idea? You know, I guess, I guess I'm wondering, like, where did this idea come from? David has a finger. I do have a question about what you said. So they both appear in the books, but they just never intersect. So it's just two parallel plot lines in the books. So I or think the books completely separate. So my, my understanding is that mm-hmm. they exist in the same world, but there okay. is but- no place there's no time at which the stories intersect. But they're still in the same book? No. No, sorry. They're also in different oh, okay. books. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're also gotcha. in different books, okay. right? So, like, there is absolutely, gotcha. there is zero mention. <laughs> I may not, I didn't make that clear. There is zero mention of the crows in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Okay. Also, yeah. this is a podcast where we three PhDs refuse to do our research. <laughs> yes, just on principle. That's also on principle. Absolutely not. The, the info we is do out way there. Way too much of no, that. I that's my day job. Um, I just go into this flying blindly exactly. with my opinions. Well, but no also facts. like we, I don't, you know, I mean, I feel bad, right? Or I, I don't want to bring up the books, and I try not to think about the books. Well, as we've much also as expressly asked you not to because. Well, but that's the point because right Steph now and I haven't TV actually series. read them. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the TV yeah. series. My understanding, Steph, is that the Six of Crows. The duology as a whole is also set after the events of the Shadow and Bone trilogy. So the Sun Summoner is alive and well and blasting things when Six of Crows. I'm gonna say as we well like cliffhanger from our previous episode. Like I'm not sure we can make that assumption, but uh, right, they are either done blasting something or they're still locked in a battle of I don't know what. Maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know. But they don't intersect. The um, Sun Summoner okay. has existed and may still exist. There we go. In plain English. Gotcha. But question mark. We don't know. Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I threw in the lexicon of blasting. I threw, threw the ball <laughs> beyond the fence. <laughs> and it's bouncing now into a ravine. <laughs> We're on the same page, though. Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. All so right, that makes sense. So you're not... But neither of you guys are saying, though, that the show is worse for having the crows in it, right? It's yeah. just that, like, how did they... Oh, maybe you are saying that stuff. Yeah, tell me. Tell me. I'm thinking about it now that you've mentioned it, because I enjoy the ever-loving hell out of those characters. The mm-hmm, heist. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm, a heist. Mm-hmm. It's such a good trope. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like fantasy Ocean's Eleven, but they're much less good at their jobs, right? And like, Brad Pitt isn't sitting around eating, which I need him to do in every film. I think if anyone's going to sit around eating, it's Jesper. It's definitely yes. Jesper. With yeah. a goat. With the goat. With yeah. Milo, but not eating the goat. This is my this is my thought process right okay. now because I'm thinking they bring comedic relief. They bring very quick action sequences. It's a completely get, different know, tone. Heist, yeah. Totally different tone. Yeah. Their pacing yep. is completely at different. times wild. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, totally different from Alina sitting in her room, either in full repose. I hate saying that word now because I can only think of a horse in repose. She's laying down on her bed. She's writing letters. Oh, no. Oh, no. The it's specter. And, um, the specter. And then suddenly we switch to a crow's situation where we're like, oh, my gosh, flash, flash, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so exciting. But I have to say, I think that they are with the conductor in the second episode. And, and, in and my, the third. And the third. And in my mind, the chronology of the show is that that happens somehow in the middle of the whole series. But when I actually rewatch it, they are legitimately being attacked by Volcra. And I think the end of the second episode. Um, or is it the beginning of the third? End of the, th- end of the third, I think, right, Sydney? End of the third. Yeah. I think to- the end <clears throat> of the second, they, they are making plans to get onto the train so at a certain point in in the in the plot of the crows they decide that they're gonna have to capture the sun summer this is their main plot right which also doesn't make sense to me (laughs) maybe i need to watch it again but they get this million kruger job from Mm -hmm. who becca pekka pekka he's the rival oh the other guy some random businessman the business businessman or alexei Poor guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to live his life. After that dramatic um, escape, too. Like, I know. I what felt an, so bad for I know. What a sad way to go. Yeah. He made it. Moment for So Alexia. this person yeah. knows that the Sun Summoner exists already. There might be a time jump that happens also. Like, we're supposed to know that something happened in the past. Uh, that this businessman would know that he needs to get the Sun Summoner. Or wants to. But also, what was that supposed to do? Was that for West Ravka to be able to uh, break from East Ravka yeah. to have the Sun Summoner? So, oh so, my God, I'm figuring it out as I well, talk. Well, so that, right to the, the <laughs> idea, I think, Whoa. the idea that is that West Ravka at this point wants to be um, <clears throat> independent, right, from the old country, right? And so this is why definitely the Crow storyline is, it's just so, at the beginning, it's so busy, that it's really, and Sam, I mean, you've mentioned this before, you know, to at least to me multiple times, right? That it's just like so much information. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's information that is essential to the Crow storyline, I think, in the larger picture, but isn't actually really essential to what they end up doing. Well, because um, what they end up doing is entirely not relevant yeah, to anything. Yeah, it's yeah, just exactly. entertaining. Exactly. So my understanding is that there's this dude in, the, in West Ravka, can't remember his name but he's like the general right and he wants to Zlatan Zlatan thank you he wants to secede from the union he wants to secede from the old country (laughs) and if the fold is destroyed if the sun summoner destroys the fold the country can be whole again and so he's shit out of luck right he's out of a job and so Uh, which is important for the the conductor Arkin twist later exactly right exactly and that's the whole thing the conductor too would be out of a job and he says he says million a million kruga would mean retirement for him but actually he wants to keep breaking it in via the train which like honestly if i were him take the million bro because oh my gosh retirement so much much dangerous retirement sounds awesome yeah 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 money is nice money is nice (laughs) conclusion of the of why it happens money is nice that would be nice yeah right so the the crow's plot line is quick and disjointed and like not really integral to much that occurs major plot wise but like it is fun and funny and 
we end up as Steph, I think you said, like learning a lot, or maybe it was Sydney. One of you said that we end up seeing very three-dimensional, fully fleshed out characters in Inej, Kaz, and Jesper. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. And I think that certainly Jesper in and of himself, but then also the crows, but really I think Jesper brings the greatest comedic element, right? The oh, single yeah. greatest He's comedic my favorite type of, show. of character yeah. in anything. He's like, he's the Mercutio yes. of this show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you really need, you re- you really do need him to add a certain levity that, that you would have to work harder to build into the Alina Mal Kerrigan storyline, right? If it were missing. Um, David had a finger. I saw. I have a subtle comedic um, highlight, though. I think I don't. I can't speak on the behalf of the writers, but Mikhail and Dubrov were very. Comedic. Oh yeah, Rosencrantz yeah, and Guildenstern. Exactly, they are indeed dead. They are indeed dead. They were funny. They were funny, and they broke the tension for um, Mal's storyline yeah. at least. Yeah. But I almost want to say that they killed them off because they had enough with the crows. <laughs> Like we've yeah. we've got this. The crows are the comedic relief that we need. But I think if they continued with um, M and D, um, it would have been. I was sad it, when it, they killed them. Yeah, I, they, they had were very a very sweet and fun a good yeah. thing going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, the, the comedy that the crows have, I think, is slightly different, right? Like you're saying, yeah. like uh, the they have a very kind of like we sort of bounce off of each other kind of comedy. And Jesper, Jesper is the funny one. But he's often, often the butt of his own jokes, and so right. there's like there, there's a kind of different. Di- they could have kept them both. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And then you have the deep underlying issue that they're grappling with, which is mostly between Kaz and Inej, and Inej and Inej, just her whole moral quandary right. that happens, um, which uh, hopefully we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, in a hot minute. Yeah. Or we can jump into it now if we wanted to. I just wanted to say one one last thing, and I think so. I think this is ultimately what I wonder about with the crows. It's not that I it's not that I don't like them. It's definitely you know not that I don't enjoy them because I absolutely do. But it what they what they did and what I think what it feels like to me is that they basically were like, here's a main storyline, here's a main storyline, let's put them together, and <laughs> and they and they weave them together at the end but it just feels like they're kind of working too hard sometimes it's clunky to weave them together for me i can't remember which episode it's in maybe it's in six uh the episode where lena's escaped and the darkling hasn't captured her yet and there are those kind of like back-to-back like fight scenes where each of the Mm -hmm. darklings yeah henchmen kind of go after a crow and they're they're kind of spliced together it just it, to me, it felt yeah, it felt clunky. Like it didn't. The action was good, but the action was good. It's interesting though because actually that interaction between Kaz and the Darkling, I loved. Oh yeah, no, I, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're right. He threw a flash bomb. Yeah. that was wonderful. Yeah. I think oh, I think it's the it's really the Jesper scene there that it's it's very nicely done and it's sort of the. Um, it's the too artistry long. of the it's bullet, too long. yeah, but it's way too long, and yeah. it doesn't and it doesn't really add anything to our understanding of Jesper. Whereas Inez's decision to kill mm-hmm. the sister Inferni really adds something to our mm-hmm. understanding of her character, yeah, that's which I'm true. sure we'll get yeah. into. And yeah, you know, true. and Kaz, I'm still like, he escaped the Darkwing's cut, like damn, you know. Also, I love that they did have a scene where they were paired together because I see them as being 
very similar and yet very mm-hmm. different characters. Mm-hmm. Kaz and the Darkling, which also I, gives Ben Barnes really another like. instance to do his beautiful teary yes. eye. How amazing was it when he just kind of emerged gloomy from the dark, cut to Darkling? I know. It was which time? And then Kaz goes, "Oh no!" Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh fuck. Oh shit. I don't, I don't want this. Uh, where's my no. exit? Where's where's exit stage left, please? Yeah, yeah. I I wholly agree with you, Sydney. I I wish or I hope for future series seasons that Jasper gets a bit more development. I think he's our least dimensional of the three. Yeah. But he at the same time he has some of the best for me. He has some of the best one liners. Oh yeah. Of this of the series, I like. I'd miss me too. I'm fantastic. You know, like yeah. he, they're funny, they're quick. Yeah. Um, he's like, I love the scene where he's delightfully surprised when Alina just like gets in to the trunk at the back of their carriage. Just because ask. as, as we've said, like it's a stupid plot point and it's funny. And like, he's just as surprised and like bemused as, as I think we are watching it. Yeah. Um, and like the goat becomes a running joke. That's Milo. good. I'm not throwing out the goat. He yells and uh, oh, another. I just wrote down a bunch of his lines because I just love them. My favorite line is he threw a book at me, which refers to David. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> he threw a book at me. <laughs> I love the line. Uh, it's when they're. It's when um, Kaz is trying to get in to see, like his contact who can tell him about the conductor and and you know, they're talking about what they're going to do. And Jasper's saying, Jasper's saying like, we need a demolitions person. And, you know, mm-hmm, Kaz mm-hmm. is like, no, that's we, the opposite of what we You always ask do. for a demolitions person. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he, you know, Kaz says that he needs Jasper to be a decoy. And Jasper says, handsome decoy is also not a Jasper talent. And it's like, okay, that goes contrary to everything else you say about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also That's, though yeah. he has a, he has some good serious lines. He is not just attractive comedy. And the one that I'm yeah. thinking of, I mean, I, I enjoy him for his attractive com- comedy. But the one that I'm thinking of is is in uh, I think it's in episode seven where Inej is is sewing herself up, and he's like, like which seems to me to be the natural reaction, like kind of dry heaving, watching her sew I herself actually, up. I actually I think of you, Sam, when I watch that. I'm <laughs> I like, Jester is Sam I right can't. now. I can't even watch her do it, and I know that it's not real. Like, I just, I can't do it. But he says to her, <laughs> she is, she at this point is trying to decide whether or not she's going to go through with this job because capturing and turning over the Sun Summoner to this unknown businessman we haven't seen since episode one is contra, contrary to her beliefs as someone um, who uh, ascribes to this faith in which Alina is a saint. Uh, and Jesper is about to, to say something to her, like, that would argue the point that she should stay with them. And I love this line. He says, I was going to tell you to trust Kaz, that he'd never let you go back to the menagerie, which is um, where she works. And he says, but I don't have the right to tell you what to do with your shot at freedom, Mm -hmm. which is such a good line. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. ask you about the your favorite dialogue right from episode seven it's it's the crows it's not it's the crows yeah 
I wonder, tell me. Do you, do you have a guess? I wonder if you could guess what it is. Sam, I I don't even know what happens with the, I can't even remember what happens with the crows. <laughs> so <he's> like, <laughs> I skip through the crows every I time. I gotta be honest. I do not skip through the crows every time, but in some of my rewatches to get prep for this, yes, I did. Sorry. <laughs> Sacrilege. Look. Sacrilege. Um, yeah, so let me see if I wrote them down. My notes are all just like dialogue from the crows because I love them so much. Um, Mine's opposite. It's hilarious. That's funny. Well, that's why this is it. But this is why... Not only one of us is doing a podcast, because <laughs> mine would be the Shadow and Bone series, Alina Mal Kerrigan. Yeah. Well, okay, so I will say that I agree 100% with our assessment thus far of the not-so-much-fittingness of the Crows and the Alina Dark- Darkling Mal. Um, I totally feel that they're just kind of, like, smashed together and then very rudimentarily stitched together in certain right. points. But for me, the reason that they are important on top of all of the sort of things that we've touched on is that for me, they thematically fit very nicely with Alina, Mal, and the Darkling because it is all about connection and friendship and and what is maybe lacking in some of these other powerful figures that we see in the Alina, Mal, Darkling triad, um, mm. which maybe we'll get to at some point. But the scene that, that my favorite scene for dialogue is kind of about that. It's in, it's in episode seven. Um, this it, it's Inej and Kaz, and they are. They have been, as I said, like going back and forth about how to go through with this job or whether to go through with this job of of um, abducting the Sun Summoner, um, and and Inej, who is a believer, and Kaz, who is not, have both witnessed in episode five Alina Sun summoning, and Kaz has been trying to figure out like. He's convinced that it's a trick. He says yeah. to Inej before it happens, like, it's reflective glass. Like, this is how they're going to do it. It's totally a trick. Um, and Inej uh, sees it in a different light. And so they are sitting around the campfire in episode seven. And Inej is, I think, is planning to depart. She's going to she's gonna go back. Um, or she's well, not going to go back to the menagerie. So she's going to leave the group. Um, and she says to him, if not saints, what do you believe in? And he says, myself. Mm-hmm. And she, and pauses, and then, you know, everyone is like, ugh. But then he says, and you, and Jasper. Um, I wrote down all these lines because I like them so much. And this is kind of like, this is the, I think, the meatiest explanation of the crows that we get in the show. So Kaz says, crows don't just remember the names of those who have wronged mm-hmm. them, they also remember those who are kind. They tell each other who to look after and who to watch out for. And then he says, no saint ever watched over me, not like you have. And I just, yeah, I just love those lines. Mm-hmm. I like, I rewatched some of them last night because I was like, I gotta have something to say for tomorrow. Yeah. And like rewatched that scene and was like, I just love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I think I am, I am not a Kaz like at heart, but like those, that kind of sentiment, uh, it kind of snuck up on me. It was like, oh, Kaz. Yeah. He he does have a heart. But also, yeah. like, I totally, from my perspective, think he's he's right. I like, this is this is sort of, I suppose, my equivalent, my equivalent favorite crow exchange is, mm. is 
in the after time uh, when they come at, when they've come out of the fold, right? They oh, have I was whole, like the after time. The, oh no! They, they come out of the whole the big fight. Deleted scenes. Deleted scenes. Yes. Uh, ben Barnes sent me some outtakes from season two. Don't <laughs> you <laughs> even? God. Oh my gosh! Oh, you know you all would be the first to see them. Also. He doesn't know I exist, so it's cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ben Barnes sends deleted scenes. Yeah. No, once he knows I exist, he's going to be like, oh, God, that crazy person. Um, well, if, if he ever knows, exactly, if he ever knows I exist, he'll be like, so there's a podcast out and I'm worried for my safety. Um, <laughs> but also, she really understood the delivery I did on those lines, so. Yeah. <laughs> pros and cons. Pros and cons. Um, so... They're, yeah, they've come out of the fold, right? And I think it. I think it's after, you know, like, Alina and Mal have changed. Um, and they're all sort of leaving, and Kaz and Inej are talking about sort of what are they, yeah, what, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And mm. and Kaz is trying to tease out from her, basically, is she going to, where is she going to go? And she mm-hmm. says to him, she needs me more than you do. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have it written down, but I believe he says, you know, but we do need you. And, and I just, I really like that exchange, right? Because, yeah, because there is, there has been, and there is, and there still are questions around, like, what do the crows mean to each other? Mm-hmm. And what is it that connects them, really? Like, you know, Kaz, Kaz and Edge, I definitely think, if we're talking about predictions before we go and read the books, right? There's, like, got to be some sort of, like, romantic element. There's at least a romantic element between them, I think. Oh, God, I can't. I will not allow it. (laughs) I I will march down there. (laughs) I can't speak, obviously, for the books, but I also see it as as friendship. Oh, wow. You don't think there's, like, any romantic tension that they're trying to set up? I think that, like, they could, like, they could, they being the people who control the show and not me, they could definitely swing it so that it is romantic tension and that there will be a relationship. But I I suppose what I'm saying is I'm, I'm hoping that it's, that it's, Friendship. friendship yeah no, just okay friendship. that was well and i should say my expulsion yeah. as well i should say i don't i'm not like on some like you know kinez ship right like kinez. you know kinez. i'm not on it's like kinetic. a kinez oh my god i'm not on some sort of kinez ship just like you know like yes it must happen i i think they are trying to potentially Ugh. i think they're trying to allow for the possibility of that but if maybe you're I'm listening anyone who has control over the series don't please don't Stop. There could be male and female friendships where they don't have sex. We don't need, yeah, a sexual yeah. motivation. Right. They're just, so, yeah. Okay, so, all right, so we'll, but we'll leave that aside, right? But so it's kind of like, like Kaz is paying off Inej's indenture. So mm. he's sort of her boss? Question Presumably mark? he needs her to, like, do a lot of spying for him, right? Because right. she refuses to murder or to kill, which is an interesting part of her character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she carries around all these knives. So, like, what's she using these knives for? Um, right. So yeah, if she's not doing that... Oh, yeah, go ahead, Steph. I, I also wouldn't... I, I would be hesitant to call him her boss because he controls essentially her life. Like, she cannot leave the city She's under the control of two people, right. um, the menagerie boss lady and Kaz. So, yeah, I, I think she's more of a, a servant position, which makes their yeah. relationship very convoluted right. and sometimes complicated and sometimes problematic. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, then, yeah, I think I think um, stuff that maybe I think you're articulating better what I'm trying to get at, which is like she's his servant, but they're also friends? Question mark. Yeah, it's just it's right. It's un. It is unclear at the beginning. It's unclear kind of for a lot of it, and and intentionally they have it unclear because there comes a point right when they think that their mission is going to fail because they can't. You know, Nina's gone. She's been taken, and they're like, well. That was our end. What now? Let's make beer. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> we'll just stay and here and make beer. Wait, is that, that's not actually what happens, right? No, but they joke about it, right? Do they, they really? Say, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they don't want to cross the fold again, and they're like, we'll mm-hmm. make West, West Rock and beer for the Easterners. That's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they almost yeah. just set up a brewery. That could be a fun plot line, too. Could. I mean, let's start a brewery. Yeah. That's, what, that's one of my favorite things. Let's start a pizzeria. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to so, bring up. Oh, no. Oh. I, oh, ah. Blah, blah. Oh, ee, ee. Ooh, ah, ah. Ah, ah. noises. Ooh, I, so I'm interested in, I'm interested in these questions of like, what is their relationship what kinds of freedoms does Inej have or doesn't have in this situation in which she is financially indentured to Kaz? Um, what kind, what, like, how does that impact their friendship? Um, we don't really get, we don't really have enough to go off of, I think, in the series exactly. I mean, except for the fact that, like, she, it does seem to me that Kaz is actively concerned that she will leave them and if she were let's just say if she worked for the darkling she would not be leaving you know she would be (laughs) she would be doing all the murderings and for me that's an important part of kaz's character right he Mm -hmm. acknowledges and doesn't interfere with or like actively manipulate her in such a way i.e darkling that that she would have her own opposing motivations, right? He, like, accepts the fact that she believes what she believes about the Sun Summoner, for example. And, like, I think probably because he respects her as a person, it's just like, well, I don't believe that, but, like, I saw what I saw, you know? I don't know, there's something There's something about their relationship where, like, he, he accepts her on terms that feel good to me. They're allowed to have different opinions. Yeah, even though, like... I don't think any of them really like this situation in which, like, he's leveraging his club right. against right. her, them basically getting this money. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting, too, because I'm just trying to make their friendship okay in my head, but there's so many problems that keep cropping up, mm. where she also, in the beginning, one of the their first scene together... When she says, um, I have other girls who gave me this information yeah. on the yeah. million Kruger job. Yeah. Could you buy them out like you did me? And he goes, nope, yeah. just you. You're unique. And she's like, dang it. I'm trying to help other yeah. women and girls get out of this situation. Um, and boys and men, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's an interesting aspect of he chose the one person that he's going to help. Yeah. Um, well, he's a pragmatist, later, right? Like, he's not a freedom fighter. He's a, right, he's a he's, businessman. Yeah. Yes. He's using her for reconnaissance, mm-hmm. and killing was never in that package, and it just happened to become part of it um, when they got into trouble, and Inej made her own decision to do so. Mm-hmm. But I'm also interested in their last, um, before the fireside scene, when they're in um, a bar, or um, I was going to say a brewery, 
They're just making brews in our brewery. <laughs> just making some drinks. Uh, when they're sitting down and talking about how Inej, you know, let the Sun Summoner get away, Kaz um, is pushing against her, of course. And she is um, saying, you know, this is a saint. We shouldn't be hunting down a saint. And his response is um, somewhat threatening. I forgot the exact dialogue. Mm. Um, she says, are you threatening to turn me in? Mm. Um, and his response is, you're going to have nowhere to go if we don't finish this. And then reveals that he leveraged the Crows Club. Right. Um, so in that way, he is entrapping her again. Even though it's kind of more of a, he leveraged the Crows Club in order for her to actually leave the city. Right. But it's still there as a weight on her shoulders. So I find it, once again, very complicated where he's obviously allowing her to have different opinions, not kill, and um, major things of that sort. And on top of all of that, she is basically his servant. And there are threats. Like, he does say things in ways that makes her question, oh, are you turning me in? Mm. So because of that reaction of hers, I'm concerned (laughs) um, that that's happened before in different ways. but we also see their trust build throughout. Um, and I think that might have been episode six, the scene I'm talking about in the brewery. Hmm. But then seven is when they're fireside. And it seems like he's, you know, okay with letting her leave. But we actually don't get to see her leave, right? Right. So we're never going to have that kind of um, satisfaction in knowing that she could or that she actually did. We might have the could. Um, we're kind of in a liminal space of it. Seems like he'd be okay with her leaving. Um, however, we don't actually get to see it out. Right. So it uh, just further complicates my understanding of their relationship. Which is not to push back completely against what you were saying, Sam, or Sydney. Mm-hmm. They do have great moments, too. Yeah. So Yeah, just I think you just kind of have to, to go on, like, what we have of his character. Like, for me, mm-hmm. it's it's not a question. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree that it's an icky situation but like again it's not in the show so who's to say i feel like true <laughs> for my, for my money like if the if the chips were to fall in such a way like he would not prevent her from leaving that's just my that's my gut feeling but he could and that's a problem right like he could he could threaten her um yeah that's where i am i yeah. think uh, that's the possibility yeah and yeah. that's icky yeah. 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 I guess I I don't think that he actually I guess I don't think he actually would, right? Because a lot of what he's doing is to free her. Right. You know, right? And like leveraging the Crow Club he only has to do in order to try to get her her freedom. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the the money is yeah, the million Kruga job in my uh, like the biggest thing that I think of when it's like why does Kaz that want that money is that it buys buys out her indenture right what does he say when the they have they each say why they want the money and i forget what he says she says freedom freedom the yeah. conductor says retirement Jasper oh i says think he fun. says something about pekka rollins maybe yeah he, he may say something yeah. about pekka rollins i'm not sure yeah but i think yeah so so it's not okay so maybe it's not the i think it. i think it's one of the big important reasons for him though right even if it's not the only one yeah you know yeah there's this pekka rollins element which right like is like introduced as sort of the um immediate reason why. i thought he was gonna play a much bigger role in whatever was happening because i'm thinking 
Kaz is described as the bastard of the barrel. Is Pekka Rollins like his father, and he doesn't, and Pekka doesn't know it? Like, there's uh-huh. definitely and there's something going on. There's there. definitely yeah. vengeance, which I think Inej brings up at some point. I think that there must be more to that that like we're yeah. gonna learn about later, or that's in the books, and they're just cherry picking from it. Um, but well, and in the fireside scene stuff, they do. I didn't actually quote this bit, but they bring up Inej brings up what you're saying. She says like, he says, like no one's ever watched over me like you and Jesper and and she says like oh well you like us because we flocked to your bidding right like like that's why you named us crows and that's when he says like crows don't just do this they also like take care of each other murder they also yeah <laughs> certain sorry. crows murder each other <laughs> sorry it had to happen <laughs> yeah sorry Inesh yeah well I, so I think that they are that that something that they are trying to f- figure out like that's a yeah, it's an active part of their... Yeah. Basically, I need more. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. Tell me. Tell me, Tell yes. me what happens. what's going to happen. I want to know. I think it will be more skewed positively, though. I'm definitely a cynic at heart. So I'm reading as much as I can into what could go wrong uh, between them. But it, it seems like they are growing them towards a more positive um, egalitarian relationship. But... TBD. I mean, the only way that she could be his equal, right, is, like, if she had an equal share in the Crow Club. Which, right. like, right. maybe that, that's great. Maybe That's, that's a great coming. idea moving Maybe forward. that's coming. Let's do it. Kaz, let's, yeah. let's drop the contract. But Writers, I mean, things, are you listening? Yeah. Again, <laughs> series, can you hear us? Here's what we want. We want Inesh to have equal part share in the Crow Club. And we want to... Uh, a brewery. Uh, a brewery for us. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. We have yeah. so many drink names already. Oh, yeah, we do. Shots of Dead Marie. Alas. I think Pekka has to be a shot, too. Yeah. Because it's just a... Ugh. Exactly. And then, like, a pucker, a Pekka. Yeah. 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 yeah, I just love the crows. That's all I'll say. The crow... Okay, final thought on the crows for me. Mm. Absolutely unnecessary. But... What a ride. <laughs> what I, I, an enjoyable a group of yes. people. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah. romp. It's an absolute romp. And I am definitely, I don't know if there's a majority minority to this kind of viewing experience, but I enjoy turning off my brain when I watch mm-hmm. something fun. Um, and this show definitely allowed me to do that um, concerning Crows and the Darkling Mal Alina plots. I just kind of shut it off and let it go. And I had fun watching both of them. And after the fact, I thought about it. <laughs> like, wait, this doesn't work, though. After the fact, you thought but about it was it a fun. Lot. <laughs> yes, I did. In I th- fact, there's a podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah. I only thought about it in the moment because I was like, I don't remember why we're doing any of this stuff. But I'm okay full- with it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, same. I was just like, and see. And go. <laughs> we enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah. I know a lot of people who like to really sit with something, especially like mystery mm-hmm. fiction mm-hmm. or any TV, any movie, and they try and figure out what's going to happen next. I like a slow Why? burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just like to shut it off. <laughs> My brain, that is. <laughs> So I don't know if that uh, adds anything to the conversation. We can cut this. So what did we learn? I think my (laughs) final thoughts regarding the crows would be that Mm. the MVP award goes to Milo. 
<laughs> yeah. He is the goat. The, the greatest goat. of all time. Grest, the best callback. Jasper says, people with trains are evil. You can't <laughs> catch a human sunbeam. And maybe, just maybe, greed is a poor motivator. Yes. True wealth is the friends you make along the way. There you oh. go. A beaut. And hopefully Milo okay. comes back for the second. Yeah, Milo's got to reprise this season. role. For sure. Yeah. All the YAs is a podcast recorded and produced by Steph, Sydney, and Sam. But we couldn't do what we do without our many collaborators, including Stella Bowman, Pam Locke, Olivia Milroy Evans, and Cecilia Christman. Our theme music was composed by Nate Kuhn. Our cover photo captured by Sean Malik, and our logo designed by Lara Musser. And many thanks to you, our listeners. Contact us at alltheyas at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We love getting your questions, comments, suggestions, and any shit about YA that you think is funny. Thanks for listening.